Hello, people. This is Cerebral Flex again, episode 29. Today we're just doing current events. It'll probably be a short episode, um, but I'm going to start with international news. You can jump in anytime, Jareth, if you feel the urge. Um, All right. I'd like, to, I'd like to hear your thoughts and things on these things. And as, things. as of this, this recording, this is current news on uh, October 16th. So by the time you guys see this, it'll probably be about November. So we're also going to do right. like at the end of this, we'll do some future predictions about what we think is going to happen in the world. That's fun. Yeah, right. So yeah, today is October 16th, 2021, if you're watching this in 2035. So, I think we'll have the internet in 2035? I think it'll be in our brains by then. Oh, I don't like that. All right, let's go. It should be neurolinked by then. Um, conservative MP Sir David Ames uh, died in uh, Essex, England. He was meeting with constituents and was stabbed to death. Um, they have the suspect, a 25-year-old that was radicalized into Islamist extremism. They are classifying this murder as terrorism. They found a knife, and they're not looking for any other suspects. Cut and dry. Did Already they, done. Did they, uh, are they classifying it as terrorism because he was Muslim? It's always terrorism if it's not a Christian person killing. Interesting. Okay. Catch up. Come on. I'm just pointing out I mean, things. If it's white nationalism, they rarely call it terrorism. No, if it's white nationalism, you're you're pro you're protecting the the white state that's been propped up for millennia. Now. Right, right. So you're not a terrorist. You you're just a good Christian boy. Exactly. You you should be given Burger King. Yeah, you you get they do give you Burger King. No, that's it's why Christian. I said it. Fucking asshole. <laughs> anyway, um. Well, anyway, Sir David well, Amos, yeah, it's yeah. not it's not fun with when anybody dies, but he had Sir in front of his name, so he kind of had it coming. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, Boris Johnson visited the site where he was murdered, um, and he was unfortunately stabbed as well. No, he wasn't. Um, but he, he did visit, he did visit the site. Fox News can make up shit. Why can't we? All right. <laughs> <laughs> maybe hey maybe in a f we're talking about future events i predict by the time this episode airs boris johnson got stabbed <laughs> it's possible it's definitely possible possible i think a lot of leaders are going to be stabbed with all the vaccine mandates who knows oh yeah we'll get into that in a little bit eh yeah yeah just right. call me just call me cucker tarlson This is an inopportune time to take a sip. <laughs> All, right. All right. Where were we? Ah. Um, so, yeah. We've talked about uh, Boris Johnson visiting the site of the death. Uh, Russia. Russia's daily COVID-19 deaths have reached 1,000, which is a landmark for them. They, I think their population is 141 million. But that's... Uh, yeah, could be considered a low number or a high number at this point. Everyone's just not caring. I think 144 million are as of 2020 is Russian. Um, which, if you think of our population, our population is 329 million, and we've surpassed. I think it's almost. It's usually three to four thousand confirmed COVID cases a day. So I'd say they're they're still doing better than us for sure. Um, but a thousand's a lot especially because their population is a little bit smaller. 
but yeah um it would suck yeah um, yeah i definitely think people have just kind of given up when it comes to covid which we'll, yeah we'll get into that we'll get into it's that. like maybe i have it maybe i don't maybe i'll die maybe i won't yeah and then uh myanmar army general uh was excluded from a leader summit which is unprecedented uh the association of southeast asian nations agreed to have a non-political representative of myanmar instead of ming online um He's the general who seized power of Myanmar back in February and killed a ton of people and is a total douchebag. And yeah, that's unprecedented for the 10 member Asian group to not allow, you know, political representation. They usually don't get involved in members affairs. So that is odd. They don't like it. They don't like him. You like Myanmar a lot. Um, I think what's happening there is interesting. Um, why don't the you, dynamic between why the don't Buddhists... you enlighten people as what's happening in Myanmar, because I'm sure most of our viewers either don't know or have forgotten. At oh, point. well, let me hold on. I don't want to mispronounce anything. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Are you saying that there's there's religious things going on, that religion is causing issues in Myanmar? Yeah. Yeah. Damn it. Where's the... One moment, please. Well, I can't remember the name right now. Oh, Ro Rohingyan. Duh. Okay, so the Rohingyans are out west. Um, so they're by, uh, I believe that's Bangladesh, eastern okay. Bangladesh. All right. And it's flooding over there, and times are hard out there. So they try to move into the western part of Myanmar. Mm -hmm. And the Buddhists out there are not so peaceful, which they're, is very they're fucking not, weird. They're not Zen? Not at all. They like wow. to rape and shit. They they oh. rape and kill and burn villages and neighborhoods of Muslims. Is this like second wave Buddhism or something? It's just fucking not Buddhist. <laughs> and um, <laughs> the lady in charge, what's her name? Minglong, whatever. I can't I can't remember her name exactly, but she, uh, you know, there's a lot of criticism about her. She got a Nobel Peace Prize. It's interesting how war criminals always get Nobel Peace Prizes. Yeah, like every U.S. president is a war criminal, and Barack got a Peace Prize. Yeah. What the fuck? Bill Gates is uh, con controlling the uh, the rate at which vaccines can go out, and uh, I think he's wanted a Nobel Peace Prize. I think he's about due for one with all the fucked up shit he's done in the world. Interesting. All right. I wonder if Charles Taylor is going to get one. Who is Charles Charles Taylor? Oh, he was uh, general of one of those militia groups in Sierra Leone that was fighting against General Butt Naked in Liberia. Oh, who they're both sadistic ass motherfuckers and like killed a ton of people. I just and... like General Butt Naked because the name. Yeah, and he's living a good life. I saw. I've seen. He, I I, think I saw it on a Vice documentary. Yeah. He's like a mi minister now, and my neighbor that lived two doors down actually went out there and helped this motherfucker. And this is the like same guy. That took 10 year old boys and raped them and yeah. had, you know, little boy concubines and shit. Yeah. And yeah, he drugged kids and gave them an AK 47 and had them kill their own parents and lopped off their arms and shit. But this Jesus, are, Jesus forgives you. Jesus forgives you. Yeah, maybe, maybe he'll get a Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> oh. This took an angry turn. Right? <laughs> Fucking Nobel squad. What's, what's wrong with you? Anyway, in the U.S., we we're discussing. Um, the oh, we're done with international news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck it. Oh, one more time. One more thing. 
One, yeah, fuck it. Very Bill O'Reilly of you. Fuck it, we're going live. I'll do the, I'll do the fucking thing. My favorite clip of Bill O'Reilly of all time. I love it. What a dick. Um, one more thing though, internationally, um, that does affect us here at home is in China. Their stock market has been very, very unstable. Um, I forget the name of the group. Let me see. Um, but it was essentially essentially what happened during the 2008 uh, financial crisis here is what's happening in China with uh, one of their big home buying mortgaging groups. Um, and so they actually had their stocks were so bad. They had to turn off their stock market for a couple of days because the numbers just kept plummeting every time they opened. Um, it's kind of up to um, the the leader of China, Xi Jinping, I believe his name is, right? Yeah, Xi um, It's kind of up to him and the Communist Party because their party is much different than than what we do here. Um, essentially, what this this realtor group did was a bunch of dirty stuff that inflated the stock market and inflated the price of their stock, um, and now they're starting to to um, incur lots of debts. And that's oh. not good for China. So it's kind of up to Xi Jinping to decide whether he's going to what they typically tend to do is they they take over the companies at that point and they make them state enterprises or uh, allow the company to thrive and bail them out, which would then set a nasty precedent for other companies saying essentially that laws that we have in place to prevent this are uh, obsolete and that we will bail you out to keep the stock market afloat. So. They still, from my understanding, because I haven't been paying as much attention to it this week, it was a bigger news story last week. Uh, as far as I know, they haven't taken the company over yet, but they're still talking about what to do about it. But that's interesting because if the China stock market falls, then that will affect us here at home as well because obviously we have global international trade. And um, if one country suffers a crisis, then we kind of all suffer crisis is because we all use fiat currency that's propping up a, a system that these rich motherfuckers are in charge of so that's the biggest international news really is the china stock market because it's all about money yeah it says here that the shanghai stock market trading volume is mostly dominated by individual investors who use technical analysis instead of fundamental ones yeah. when making investment decisions and as a result, there's a disconnect between market prices and the fundamental economics of underlying companies. Well, I think what also this group did, I, and I, we talked about it on our very first episode, which was all about China and the ghost cities that they build, mm. like how they build up big cities for populations that they're predicting that they ha they'll have, but they don't have yet. And I think a lot of what this group had to do had to do with that. And obviously, if you're building properties and nobody's occupying said properties, then you're kind of taking a net loss so yeah i think that was a big part of it so china planned maybe a little bit too much ahead uh for its future when maybe i think it's gonna pay that. off it'll it'll it, i definitely think it'll pay off i think all their investments in sri lanka and pakistan and africa and south america are going to pay off big yeah so all right so i wouldn't worry too much about it what's going on at home no one gets to know what's happening at my home. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> no. So in the U.S., um, 
we're discussing the $3.5 trillion spending plan, uh, the J&J booster shot, uh, which got FDA green light, and uh, abortion laws in Texas. The DOJ is getting involved in trying to block uh, their crazy abortion laws there. Okay. But, I mean, I'm not really either way. I think the abortion conversation should be had only by women. There should be no men in the discussion of what happens to unborn babies. To me, it's not our call. But that's me. Mm. I mean, so, yeah. Yeah, I agree that women should be able to make the decision. But I also think that we have a, a system that's biased both against women and for women in certain rights. Like if we talk about things like um, if you go to get divorced, the, the father more than likely is going to have to be the one who pays child support and gets yeah. less time with the children and stuff like that. Um, if you have the right to say whether or not you're going to keep a baby or get rid of a baby, um, maybe your significant other doesn't want to have said child. Um, and that's you, you want to keep the child. So then, then you get into the right of, well, do men have any type of autonomy in, in that way? I think we can be a little unfair in that way. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I have an easy solution. Every teenage boy gets a vasectomy. And then when you're ready to have kids, you reverse it. Done. And when many of those reversals don't work. Well, you're for population culling anyway. So what do you care? I don't. I was just asking you. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly think a lot of the contraceptive measures should be for men anyway, like birth control. Um, I don't think it should all be on the woman. No, I mean, it, it's uh, if you look if you look into psychology the way that I have. I mean, obviously, I, I like psychology and philosophy a lot. I've studied a lot of young, a little bit of Freud, a little bit of Adler. Even they noted at the time that putting women on contraceptives or birth control and stuff like that significantly changes because you're messing with hormones that changes your brain chemistry, which is what can lead females to around the time of their PMS or if their PMS is starting and they're on hormonal things like, yeah, that, that can drive them. That's where you get the whole, like women get crazier, crankier around their period. Like a lot of them are on contraceptives and their cycles aren't natural with nature because they're being controlled so that you don't have children. So obviously that's going to mess with your brain chemistry a little bit. If your body's trying to do something and you're preventing it from doing it. Yeah. So I, I, I agree for the most part that most contraceptives and stuff should be on men. Um, when it comes to the abortion thing, I think women have full autonomy over whether or not they should want to have an abortion. But I think a big part of the discussion that we tend to leave out when it comes to uh, abortion is like men, like, I think a lot of people put like the onus on like, well, you put the baby inside of them. So then you should have to, to deal with it. But if the woman can decide whether or not they want to keep it or get rid of it, then the man should also have a say whether or not he wants to be a part of that child's life or not. And if he does not want to be a part of the child's life, then does he really, should he really be financially responsible for that? I think it's a debate that we should have. I think you could make cases for or against it. And now that I've pissed off everybody 15 minutes in, <laughs> let's talk well, about, I think, I think my issue is a lot of people that are just having rampant sex. Okay. Are usually poor people. Okay. Um, they don't have the money to go out and do, why is my phone ringing right now? 
Get out of here. Um, Rude. <laughs> they don't have... Um, <laughs> that's what I sound like when my phone rings for anyone that's calling. Um, yeah, don't call. Ta- if you can send a text, text. <laughs> Unless you are a very close friend, don't call me. What was, what was I saying? What was I saying here? Ah, yes. Poor people have a lot of sex. Um, so yeah, they don't have the money to go out and entertain themselves elsewhere. So they're having more sex. And then you have these homes that are unstable. So you have more of a chance of wanting to get an abortion because you just messed up and you don't have a stable foundation to raise it. So I think a lot of the issue is, yeah, like you said, I think the you, you, you hit it on the head, you nail on the head. With the vasectomy. Great idea. Like, like I, I, I want to I, I need to schedule it and go get one myself because I don't I don't want to have any more kids. Like I, I have my kids, I'm good, I'm done. It is fairly painless. You're gonna be just you're gonna ha- have a little bit of discomfort for a day. Boo-hoo. And then it, it is fairly reversible. I mean, the success rate for reversibles are is like ninety six percent. So even like the fear of like, oh, are you going to be part of the four percent where it's not reversible, or be part of the ninety nine point nine nine percent where it isn't effective and it doesn't take? Like, if you just look at it from like a mathematical standpoint, it makes the most sense. And then you're presenting unwanted pregnancies, and uh, you're you're allowing people to go out and and be carnal if they want to and sin against the lord without having many repercussions which i think is like the biggest thing behind like why (laughs) conservatives and christians don't want people to uh have birth control because then there's consequences for your actions right but what i love about the people that want everyone to have the babies and they're so adamant about not having abortions they are also adamant about not helping the poor ass people that need help raising the baby yes it's like they're having the abortion because they don't have the money to raise the baby, but you also won't give them money to raise the baby. So the baby's going to live a shitty life once it's born. But of course, yeah. that's because of decisions that the parent made mm-hmm. and no decision of theirs. But a bunch of people have to have a shitty life because you won't allow them to have abortion. The Catholic Church, evangelicals and Islam uh, are all are, are, are all terrible ideologies and they're all stupid. Yes. All, all, all the major world religions, aside from Buddhism, unless you're in Myanmar, <laughs> pretty not okay. Um, I, I do like Buddhism and I do like Hinduism because they, they tend to be more spiritual and more of the earth and less messing, less harming other people. But I think most of the monotheistic religions are uh, are pretty pretty harmful, which I've said before. Now, yeah. an interesting thing. Since we're talking about motherhood real quick, just a little side tangent to keep on the abortion thing. Um, and this kind of cur- will curtail into the pandemic too because our jobs numbers come out and our jobs numbers are terrible, right? Like nobody's going back to work. I just, I just realized how far off of current affairs we are. We're just like singling in on abortion right now. But anyway, continue. I mean, abortion is pretty topical because I mean, and it is going to be topical? more. Yeah. Or top topical, top topical. I thought that's just for something you put on your skin. I don't know. I'm using it the way that I want to use it. Oh, it's, okay. It's the English <laughs> language. It doesn't make sense. It's one of the hardest <laughs> languages to you learn, aside from Mandarin. Um, <laughs> but I think it's. Oh, I think immediate re- relevance, interest, importance. Okay, all right. Continue. Sorry. Yeah, I write. I'm a wordsmith, <laughs> yeah, yeah. motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, What's up, motherfucker? Uh, yeah. <laughs> My four-year-old's going around the house saying that for people who want to know, and I don't know what to do about it. He's very amused with himself, too, when I tell him that it's not nice. And he, like, gets more of, like, a swagger in his step. I'm like, I don't know what to do. I don't know where he learned it. I swear I don't use that that word very often. Um, anyway, I think abortion is going to be more topical in the coming months because I think that the Democrats are going to get slaughtered by conservatives in the House and in the Senate. And so when it comes to these abortion laws, you're going to see a lot more states having stricter abortion laws because anytime conservatives are in power, abortion laws get stricter. They elect more conservative judges, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it, it started under the Obama administration when he had a supermajority and he did nothing. And then he was utterly destroyed his Democratic stronghold. And they started a punching, uh, appointing a bunch of conservative judges. And then the Democrats did nothing to stop Trump from appointing a lot of conservative judges, which is why when it comes to these these reproductive rights, especially why states like Texas can just go ahead and make the laws that they're making, because there's so many conservative uh judges so i think that the topic of abortion is 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 very topical especially when it comes to texas because i think you are probably if i had to predict 2023 and 2024 you're going to see a lot of other states adopt pretty pretty strict more strict than they already have abortion laws especially if you're living in a red state uh, that's just something that i foresee happening it's odd that the republicans are always so angry when they have the, the supreme court Yes, they are very, they're very pro-life. They are very pro-religion. No, why are they so angry? They're very anti-worker though, too. But why are they so angry? You're not answering my question. They're just angry people. Why are they so angry? Um, what is wrong with them? <laughs> well, some of them are Mormons and they believe in soaking, so... That would make that? me pretty. You don't know what soaking is? Is it soaking in your own anger? No, no, what? no, no. It's so certain Mormons <laughs> believe that having sex is a sin. So what you do is you. This is R-rated children. Don't listen. Um, you put yourself inside of a woman and you do not thrust. You just sit. Oh, there. I have heard of this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's probably why they're so angry. God, that would be so frustrating. Yeah, right. Horrible. Anyway, <laughs> let's talk. Let's talk a little more about soaking. No, let's. Not. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Let's. So, yeah, yeah. So for you can't say we don't teach you something every episode. Um, right. <laughs> so circling back around to to reproductive rights and stuff like that and jobs numbers. So our job numbers are awful, and we had COVID, right? And we laid a bunch of people off and. We just had our jobs number come out and the Biden administration's not looking good. There are, I think there was only a couple hundred thousand people that actually went back to work. There were more people that quit in the past month, resigned from their jobs than actually got hired onto new jobs. I thought we were heading towards 4% unemployment. Nope. nope. So it's going back up. We're at six and it's going back up. Well, the... The way that they they record unemployment numbers this entire pandemic has been ridiculous anyway, because they've been saying like 6% when in actuality it's been like 20%. I don't understand how they work it, but however they work it is to make themselves look better, to make the country not look as bad as it is, because it's all about optics. But like 
a lot of the worker force has recently quit. There's a lot of worker strikes going on right now, which I very much support. But I think a conversation that, and this kind of goes in congruence with the $3.5 trillion bill, right? So in the $3.5 trillion infrastructure bill, it doesn't actually deal with, they're, they're redefining what the term infrastructure means, right? And infrastructure is more money for schools, more money for childcare, uh, paid family leave if you get pregnant and stuff like that. That's what a lot of the provisions and the 3.5 infrastructure thing mean. Because if you think about it, if your your society isn't taken care of at home, then the broader society is not going to get taken care of. So they're kind of trying to redefine infrastructure, which is actually really clever. Um, now, I think that we should take that a step further because... I think what this pandemic has proved is a lot of people are fed up with their jobs. A lot of people, there are jobs open that people aren't applying for because why are you going to go work a shitty minimum wage job that you're not going to be able to, you know, live a life for, you're going to have to get four of them um, to maybe just scrape by. Like people are fed up they and they're not going to go back to work till they start paying them more. But also I think a broader thing we should look at is being a, uh, a stay-at-home mom or a stay-at-home dad even is is a full-time job. And I think when it comes to discussions of uh, infrastructure and um, when it comes to talk of like Andrew Yang, he introduced, uh, what is it, universal basic income and stuff. I think that we, we look at like staying at home and taking care of the children and taking care of the house as just like something that's expected. But I think we could find a way to make that a viable like option for people and also pay them to do it. Because rearing children is very hard. Making sure that their education and their nutrition is taken care of is very hard. And I think that if you were incentivizing uh, people who stay at home to to do a better job, maybe you would have and this is a hypothetical thing, but maybe you would have, you know, less abuse in the home. Maybe you'd have better education when it came to your children and better nutrition, which leads your your children to be smarter, which helps society overall in the long run. Um, and I think that's a discussion that we don't ever talk about. It's kind of just something that we expect. Like if you're a stay-at-home parent, that's just like what you do. But there should be incentives for doing that because it's a hard job. It is a job. It's just a different type of job. It's not going out and producing something at a factory. On a I would much rather go on a business trip or go to the office than stay at home and rear children. Right. And so for people who do want to do that and who would be good at doing that, I think there should be fair compensation. Yeah. What do you think? Like I just said, it causes me major anxiety to watch right. my four-year-old child for any amount of time. But like, so like <laughs> for, for my mom, she she decided to not go back to work. She was um I, I always forget the name of it, but essentially what she was in charge of was making sure like people's oxygen and stuff was was okay. She was a certified nurse in, in the area of respiratory. She's a respiratory therapist, that's what it was called. Um, and she decided to stay home and homeschool me and my three younger siblings. And so then we only had one income from my, my stepfather, right? And I think that if you were incentivizing people like that who wanted to stay home, raise their children, 
even homeschool them or something like that. Um, that's just as much a job as going to your on a road trip to. Um, I think it's worse. It, yeah, it's honestly it can be because kids no, are awful. It is hundred percent worse. So there should be incentives for it. That that's essentially what I'm saying. I think we as society, like especially when it comes to Republicans and stuff like that, they're really worried because we're having less children in this country. And if you have less children in your country, then that affects your GDP growth because then you're only producing so many workers because we have to look at things as numbers. So if you wanted to have a thriving workforce, then incentivizing parents, whether male or female, whoever, you know, there are women that want to go out there and work and men who would be perfectly fine staying at home and raising the kids, whoever the stay at home parent is incentivizing them in a monetary fashion to stay home and, and rear the children, I think is, is something that we should look at. And I think that it would probably, it would significantly decrease stress on, on couples because one of them would be getting essentially a check from the government to, to stay home and rear the children. So then in a monetary fashion, you're relieving pressure. Um, you have somebody who's, who's taking care of the children, looking after, you know, making sure that they're not getting shitty school lunches, which aren't very nutritious, um, making sure that they're they're staying educated and on top of their stuff, um, which might also lead if there's less stress, there's less chance of abuse because I, I think a lot of abuse of children, their psychological or physical can come from, you know, mental wear on an individual. You're never going to completely get rid of abuse, but I think it would definitely be something that would help people. And I think that uh, I think it's something that we should look at. Yeah. Yeah, they're right now talking about the uh, change they want to bring with that $3.5 trillion thing, like uh, universal pre-kindergarten pre and yep. expanded Medicare benefits and paid family leave. Um, but there's a lot of political resistance within the same party. Like, you know, the more progressives want to keep the entire budget. They want to help families more. They, you know, and the more moderates want to take away from the budget and yep. not help the people so much. I was just doing um, the math curiously the other day. Um, cause we have 300 million, 330 million people in this country, yeah. just about right. Yep. So I divided that in half because let's assume only half the country works. Right. So then you, I would say 40% less than that. Okay. Well, we'll, you gotta we'll think about the kids, the retired. Well, we'll estimate high though. Right. Because you're paying taxes regardless. Right. Yeah. So then you times that by 20. If every person was only taxed, uh, twenty dollars okay i have the number 157 million 157 million all right yeah. so we'll do 150 times let's say we only tax them federally fifty dollars a year that generates seven billion point eight trillion point eight billion dollars right yeah so this 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 facade of oh we can't uh, we can't have this three point five trillion dollar bill because it's gonna it's gonna add and those and that's just out of your check. That's three point five trillion though. Yes, three. Sorry, three point five yeah. trillion. Yeah, but that's only taxing these people twenty dollars a year at a federal level, one hundred and fifty seven million. So if you actually do the math of like what the government actually rakes in, and that's not including you know sales taxes. Uh, right. buying your car no yeah. blah 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 all the other taxes you pay 
the mm. government has more than enough money to pay for these programs. They're just not allocating their resources in any type of substantial way. And that's just individuals paying that. That's not corporations if they were being taxed fairly. And that's not uh, even the state taxes. Nope. And so this country has more than enough money off of tax revenue to do the huh. things that we want. But so we do not do it. If they taxed all 157 million people... $150 a year. That's $23.5 trillion or billion. 23. 23.5 billion. So how do we get, we need to pay back this 3.5 trillion. But yeah, what you're saying is correct. We already have all the money. They're just putting it in the wrong things like military and a fucking space force, whatever the fuck that is. And, well, here, you know. we'll, we'll, we'll even, we'll even go to a more realistic number. All right. So 157 million people, let's say they get taxed about, I would venture to guess 1500 a year, right? That's probably more than that. Sure. Probably more than that, but we're, we're being conservative here. That's $235 billion in one year of tax revenue just off of just federal taxes. All right. Okay. Now, if we were actually charging people like Bill Gates and stuff like that in effective tax rate, you would be adding billions more to that. If you were taxing corporations properly, you'd be adding even billions more to that. And again, we're not we're talking just out of your paycheck federal taxes. We're not talking about all the other taxes we pay, all the taxes you pay on gas, alcohol. You go to the store, you buy food, you buy your car note, uh, anything you buy, online sales, all taxed. Some of it goes to state, some of it goes federally, etc. There's more than enough know. money in the system. 3.5 trillion is a lot for a country struggling to manufacture anything and is you know warring with China for money. Well, and that's they're arguing that if they put enough money into it that they'll will be able to compete with all the And my thing with that is so we wanted to talk about the 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 Christmas season, how the Christmas season is going to be hectic because Nobody can stock their shelves, right? Because the shipping ports are at capacity. There's ships literally circling the ports because they can't offload the ships fast enough. So what's a problem that we could uh, solve very easily with this, this shipping problem and not being able to stock shelves? We could start manufacturing at home again. If yeah, we started but, manufacturing some of our own our own things, like we saw at the beginning of the COVID crisis, we weren't manufacturing our own masks. There was there was one Chinese company that was manufacturing all of our masks, and there was a mask shortage because of it. So, what what this pandemic has essentially showed us is that at home we have zero strength because of our trade policies. So when when you hear people like Trump or conservatives say, "Well, we need to bring jobs back here." They never actually do it, but they are correct in that we need to manufacture more things than we do. Now, whether we're going to do that or not is an entirely different subject because the only jobs we really have right now are working at a Walmart or an Amazon. What are the stats for un unemployment rates per Republican or Democrat presidents? I feel like it fluctuates regardless really has nothing to do with them. It doesn't tend to do with it. Usually what'll happen is unemployment rates at the beginning of a democratic presidency are a little bit higher and then they will effectively reduce the amount of unemployed people because they are not afraid to create government jobs and more uh, bureaucratic jobs. 
Um, and then you get a Republican who comes in and they have a, a, a decent workforce and then it slowly starts to get eroded because they start deregulating things, which allows employers to uh, get rid of more people and pay people less, et cetera, et cetera. Well, cut the red tape, get less government. Yeah, less government involvement, yep. but not really less government involvement because the government's involved in everything. That's why people like Rand Paul irritate the piss out of me because he'll talk about how government shouldn't be involved in anything and then, you know, do the He's shit that the he government. does. Yeah, yeah. The <laughs> government shouldn't be involved in anything, but I am a politician, so... Yep. So yeah, when it comes to, to jobs and stuff like that, um, I think the $3.5 trillion is good. I have zero faith in Democrats to get that done at all. Um, I think the moderates will cut out mostly everything good. And if it's less than $2 trillion, uh, I if I were a progressive, I wouldn't vote for it. I would be like, that's not enough. And it would also depend on what provisions were in that $2 trillion too. Um, if they cut out all the green energy uh, incentives and stuff like that in there, then I wouldn't be okay with it. If they cut out all the, the child care uh, stuff, I wouldn't be for it. Um, I think you, I think the bill is good as and it addresses enough issues that we, we have. It doesn't go far enough in my opinion, when it comes to uh, ramping up green energy and uh, getting rid of a lot of the, uh, the pollution that we do. Um, so I'd actually like to see more of that in there. But if it had none of it in there and it had just the the child and, and the family leave credits and stuff in there, I still wouldn't pass it because we do need to address the global warming crisis as we have it. I don't know. I'd have to see a very clear plan on how we're going to pay it back. I mean, that's a lot of money. And I mean, I mean, to be fair, like and, and this might seem a little naive or whatever, but this generation already doesn't have anything. We already have so much debt. Like if you don't have nothing, what what's adding a little bit more? You know what I mean? Like our no, kids already are. I don't, are I don't agree with that. I'm very conservative fiscally. Very. So I'm I'm very frugal and I don't think you should like go out and eat at nice places if you're broke. I don't think you should like go enjoy what society has to offer if you're broke if you're a peasant you're a peasant and you need to work hard and get a lot of money if you want to do anything nice with your life and it sucks and i'm not a pull yourself up by the bootstraps a lot of it's luck a lot of it is you know you either have to know the right people or you have to like worm your way into the right circles uh but yeah it's it's pretty much a, a rat race there's no way around it and i don't think if it's a nicer society, it's going to be any less of a rat race. I am for a more of a welfare state rather than more of a police state, but I don't see or respect uh, what people do. I'm not seeing what, what people are doing with their finances. Now I see a lot of poor people making really stupid decisions. So if that's the case, if a lot of poor people are just going out and buying Jordans, and going to the movies and spending all their money doing a bunch of stupid shit, I'm not going to want to put a lot of money in their pockets because I don't trust they're going to do anything good with it. I want you to be able to invest money to look at your future in a, in a you know, an organized way, a clear headed way get your head on straight. And then maybe I'll give you money. But my problem with America, when I, I, you know, travel around the country a lot 
And when I stop at a rural area or a gas station, I don't see many people that I would trust $5 with. And that's my problem. Is, is That's my conservative side of that. So I have a problem helping people because they're so fucking stupid. They're just going to go in the store and buy beer or pops and candy bars or cigarettes. And they're not going to put that anywhere that it's going to make more money for them. That's the problem. If we had better education, if we start there, if we put a lot of this money towards education, then I'd be all for it and make people go to school, make people learn how to use their money. How much do you think of that as born out of circumstance, though? Absolutely. It's a pattern that needs to stop, though. I know why it's there. I grew up in it. I think think you're coming from a very judgmental place by saying that people don't deserve deserve money because they're going to buy am air Jordans and stuff like I that. I am judging. I came from a trailer park and a lot of the people around me didn't make it out of it. They right. didn't. Right. So they they had the same opportunities I did. All they had to do is actually stay in school. A lot of them were skipping school. Why mm-hmm. were they doing that? Okay. You could say they had abusive homes. Their psychological yeah. state wasn't healthy. There's a yes. lot of reasons and factors you could say why they didn't stay there. They didn't have a two parent home like I did. They didn't have uh, very educated parents like I did. You know, there's a lot of things you could say why they ended up why the way they are. And I agree with a lot of it. But the, the my what I'm saying is the fundamental pattern needs to stop. So however we can stop that, whether that's putting money in education, uh, you know, enforcing kids to go to school more, having truants officers not give you punishments or fines or anything, but actually make sure you're staying in school. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. There needs to be more incentive for kids to stay in school take it seriously to become productive members of society. What I'm seeing, especially in the younger generations is like, we're too fucked to care. We're so far behind. Why should we even care? That's the feeling I'm getting from a lot of the kids these days. And these kids in the hood will shoot you. If you look at them wrong, they're crazy nowadays. It's not like gangsters back in the nineties. Again, but how much of that is, is born out of, out of circumstances we've, eroded the middle class i understand i'm sympathetic i'm sympathetic towards why i'm just saying we need to stop the pattern how do you stop it you can't just flood flood the situation with money and hope that these people are going to change right there needs to be an actual clear-cut plan on how to change the mentality in these areas and until the mentality changes i am going to be judgmental and i'm not going to want to give them money period end well i'm not going to want to give money to i think that's a very republican it is. Talk, I told you that's point. my conservative side. That's... And I fundamentally disagree with that because yeah. again, if a lot of this is, is born out of circumstances, I think a lot of these kids who are growing up in these situations, if you gave them money that, mm-hmm. yeah, not all of them are going to make the right decision, but a lot less people are going to um, <laughs> make some of the decisions and do some of the things and some of the patterns that they have. There's, there's, we, we can't look at people and say, oh, well, you're living in the slums and you've decided that, you know, you're, you're apathetic towards society as a whole. So we're not we're not going to try to help you out at all. Um, I think when it comes to this, this talk of this fear mongering, essentially of of the debt, I think it's a lot like the overpopulation argument. I think it's elites wanting to control a narrative to to turn people against one another and have the left and right fighting each other over fiscal conservativity or not. And uh, 
I just I don't just I I don't I don't buy into the talking points. I okay. I think so how about this one? How about okay. this one? To be absolutely fair, I would say over ninety percent of people in impoverished areas are good people. They want to do right by their family and they want to do right by themselves. Yes. But there is a small percentage of people that if you give them twenty thousand, mm-hmm. they will travel down south. They will pick up a Kia Coke. They will drive back north. They will mm-hmm. cook it into crack. They will do whatever it takes to make a lot of money with their soldiers in the field, right? And there's going to be a lot of killings and there's going to be a lot of chaos just by that small percentage, not the 90 some percentage of people that are actually doing okay things with the money you gave them. Right. Right. So the question is, how do you stop 1% of bullies or 5% bullies destroying the rest of the community? It never, never stops. You're seeing it in government. You're seeing in corporate America. Mm-hmm. Corporations are the bullies. The banks are the bullies. They take mm-hmm. over the government. Yes. All right. The government has the military. It terrorizes the world. We're the bullies of the world. We get what we want. Mm-hmm. The bullies always get what they want. And it's mm-hmm. always a small number of bullies that exist. So yeah. if we can't get rid of that pattern alone, flooding the situation with money, it's going to turn into chaos. Guaranteed. I mean, you still have laws and stuff in place to prevent Bullshit. people. These cops have families at home. They don't want to just go out there and die. These people on the street have AK-47s and all sorts of fully automatic weaponry. Like, they're at war. These cops don't want to get involved. They only show up after someone's dead for 20 minutes. I think you're talking a lot about gang violence right now. And I'm I think about how... impoverished areas. Yeah. yeah. Not like so Kentucky, how... Right? <laughs> Inner so... city... How you how you solve the problem with the gangs and stuff like that? It's a very simple thing that we've talked about before. Drones? You, you, no, not drones. Oh. Oh. No, what are they fighting over? They're fighting over drugs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and what where you get to sell the drugs? So you decriminalize all drugs. You make okay. them readily available. You cut the legs out from underneath these people. But then you just flooded a place full of drugs and gave them a bunch of money to buy drugs. I'm not advocating for giving people just a bunch of money. So you do think there should be rules around the giving? Yeah. So when we talk about, let's say, reparations for black people, right, that were part of uh, families that were slaves, right? Mm -hmm. I don't think that you should just give them a lump sum of money and then ride off into the sunset and say, okay, we're good. What I think you should do is I think you should incentivize them to to start building their own wealth in their own community. So what yeah, you do yeah. is you give them grants to purchase houses, to uh, start funneling money into their education systems, to start hiring more people. First of all, we, we highly underpay teachers, so we need to pay teachers a wage that's uh, equivalent to um, their classroom sizes and what, what they have to deal with. Um, but when it comes to like repairing these communities that have been lost, you, you have to inject money, not into it in like a direct, like, yes, direct money into people's hands is a good thing, but you can only do so much with that. So you need to look at things like affordable housing, health care, child nutrition, education, and those things and make those things more readily available. Okay. I just, I, I don't know. Like, I would love this to happen. I would love to be able to, you know, fix all the streets, get better transportation, get more public transportation, give, you know, people universal childcare and all the things. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm after. I'm not so much after um, other types of social spending. 
Like what specifically are you against? Um, how long you can be unemployed and collect unemployment. Okay. Why do you have a gripe against that? Uh, if you're grown, why the fuck aren't you working? That's why I have a gripe with that. Maybe certain people don't want to have to work certain types of jobs. I don't want to ever work. I don't want to work again. What do you mean? I don't want to ever work again. But guess what? I'm going to have to work for the rest of my life until I'm dead. And so should everybody else. The no, fuck? no. <laughs> and again, I think you're missing the, the broader point of this pandemic and people not going back to work. People are sick of working at jobs that either A, don't appreciate them yeah. and pay them a fair wage, yeah. or two, it's just not their passion. And so what I think... That's every job I've ever had. Yeah. Right. So you're angry because no, you've I don't had... want everyone to suffer because I suffer. I'm just saying that's the fucking reality. That's, Everyone's going to suffer. Not necessar- that's not necessarily true, though. There have been okay. plenty of people who have been laid off during the pandemic that have started side businesses. And um, what do who you have... think the percentages are on that? I, I don't know. But there Probably are very people... low. Probably there, very low. There are people who have done it and who are doing it. I don't yeah. think as a person who's come from a family where uh, you have somebody who's out of work and they're trying to find a job. That's not some shitty fast food job um, that they can't support their family on. I, I don't see anything wrong with the, the unemployment benefits that we currently have. Anecdotal experience. So um, how long can you be unemployed? I think you can only be unemployed for like two years. Only two years. Yes. I can literally get checks for nothing for two years. You, I mean, you don't just, the narrative of like, you just get checks for being unemployed is, is not true. Do you, you have, have to work to, for it. You have to apply to a oh. certain number of jobs every okay. week, report that you're actually applying to those jobs every week to continue getting the unemployment. Okay. They don't, so you're, yeah, you're, you're, you're using like, most people don't know how unemployment works. Like if you go on unemployment, you still have to apply for work. You're not just right. sitting but there. But my issue then is if you're you're applying for jobs a ton uh-huh. for two years uh-huh. and you are that unemployable, yeah, I'm going to stop giving you checks. They do after two years. Right. No, but I would cut it off at six months. If you can't get a job in six months, you have a fucking problem. Period. I would work, okay, to support my family, I would work at Dunkin' Donuts, I would work at Starbucks, I would work at Walmart, I would work at FedEx, I would work anywhere. I'm going to support my family regardless. There's no way around it. So if you have a house, have a family, have a kid, that was, honestly, this is going to sound real Republican, that was your fucking decision. So it's your responsibility to fix it, to, to make sure that everything's floating. It is your responsibility. No one else's. It was not my, you know, anyone else's choice that I got married, bought a house, and had a kid. That's no one else's fault but mine. So I don't put that on anyone else. I don't see how that's being mean or callous or apathetic. I think that's just supporting your own family. I think everyone should have that hustler spirit. If you don't have that, then what the fuck? Like, I don't want to give you a check. No, you don't even have enough fucking gall to go eat, to feed yourself. Like, fuck. Like, I can't respect that. I respect work work ethic. I do. You know, and, and whether we're in the fields, we're, we're monkeys, we're apes, we still have to work to eat. You're always going to have to work to eat, regardless of any situation. No matter how comfortable a nation is, you're always going to have to work, whether you hate it or not. 
I don't I don't know, man. I've I've washed dishes, I've bled, I've fucking done all the things. I don't think anyone should have to go through what I went through. So that's why I really preach about school. Stay in school, get a good education, and don't have to do the shit I had to do. Because the reason I had to do that is because I dropped out of school. You know, but like I do agree with that narrative. I think a lot of your situational psychological arguments are valid. And again, I think we need to change those environments. And I, I, I don't have much sympathy for people that just sit at home collecting checks because I am paying taxes and they're collecting that. And I don't want to give my money to the, to the government to put in the military either. I want to I want to know where all my tax dollars are going. I want to be able to say where my tax dollars are going, you know, and be able to trust the government's going to put them in the right hands. But I don't. I, I don't trust anyone. <laughs> I don't disagree with you, but I think that you're using this you're using a very Republican narrative when it comes to people just sitting at home collecting checks. I don't, I don't believe the majority of people do that. I don't care where you are. If you're not working and you're collecting a check, I don't care if you're jogging on a treadmill. I don't care if you're, I don't care what the fuck you're doing. Like you're taking my money and you're not working. Right. That's how I see it. I mean, if that's how you see it, I guess that's how you see it. And we're going to disagree on that. So, so you're okay with people just not working and then collecting your money? If the unemployment is going to people, the majority of which who need it, yeah, and there's a couple people that are being lazy pieces of shit and using that system in a wrong way, I'm not going to destroy the the whole system. Yeah, I, I can. No, see that. I'm not going to destroy the whole system because you're you're using the narrative of go go. It's fine. You're using this narrative of go. You're using this narrative of like, oh, there's a couple bad apples, so then you need to burn the whole thing down. And I just don't don't agree. No, with I never that. said that. I just think that you should make the the time period a lot shorter than two years. I think two years is ridiculous. So, all right, you get hurt. You get hurt outside of work. That's totally you, different. That's nah. disability. No, it's not because a lot of people can't get disability if you get hurt outside of work. All right. Oh. You, don't, you don't get to you don't get paid workman's right. comp because you got hurt outside of work. You're not able to perform your job. Maybe it takes you a year and a half to recover. So but you only get unemployment for six months. So for a year, you should starve because you're unable. No, to I think we it. need to change the laws regarding what we consider disability. You're obviously disabled. They should have like uh payout to people that got I injured think, i think you're very black and white on it and a yeah. lot of these situations are way more nuanced than you're making it and when it comes to the to, to overspending what we're doing is we're spending in in the wrong areas and the wrong sectors and we don't ever have a discussion on how to do spending in a appropriate way that's actually going to bring us back money like if we actually abolished our healthcare system in the short term you're going to have to spend 10 trillion dollars in the long term, 30 years later, you're going to have paid that debt off because you're going to reduce medical debt by getting rid of the healthcare system. People aren't going to be paying high premiums. You're going to be able to negotiate the price of healthcare and so on and so forth. And so in the long term, you got to pay a lot to get more. In the, sh in, in the short term, you have to pay a lot to get a lot more in the long term. So we don't spend fiscally responsibly. And that's the problem. And we want to talk about uh, overspending. When this pandemic started, we gave Wall Street $6 trillion out the gate and said, go ahead and spend it. 
Yeah. And then we bitched about what we gave either. what we gave normal people. But instead, you and I are having an argument right now about unemployment benefits and who they should or shouldn't go to. And if you're being a lazy motherfucker or not. And that's yeah. the fundamental problem is that we're focusing on these small microcosm issues instead of looking at the larger picture of we're all getting fucked and the entire system is built against us. I agree. I agree. And you know what? I, I, each other apart. I don't I don't. Like, you know what? You want to be a lazy motherfucker and take advantage of a system that's fucking everybody over? I don't really particularly care. Go ahead and abuse I it. I do. I think we, they should be euthanized. I mean, that is your prerogative. You have <laughs> you have much more of a, a worker's ethic than I, I suppose I have. I think that people should get compensated more fairly and that we should be... Um, we should be looking at a lot of these problems and focusing. I don't disagree with you there. I think people should be compensated more fairly. I think a lot of the reason people are, are, are crime would go down lazy motherfuckers, as you say, is because people aren't compensated fairly and the system does fuck them and people have become apathetic to it because okay. you have plenty of countries that are like Europe. If you look at most yeah. European countries, they have more than adequate paid family leave. You have to take vacation time. Your work week is a 32 hour work yeah. week. You're allowed much more free time. I agree so with all why, that. If you get out of the rat race and you want to sit around and collect a check for a couple of years because you've been working 80 hours a week forever and you've been working two or three different jobs and oh my God, you know what? Maybe I am going to sit around and be a lazy piece of shit for a little bit. I don't have a problem with it because the system's designed to fuck you. Let's, let's model ourselves after more successful countries where we're not focus so much on growth and net worth and let's focus on taking care of the actual population. I think a lot more people would enjoy their jobs if they got compensated fairly, got more than enough time off and uh, didn't have to work so many fucking hours. Yeah. The situation is unfair, but I, I yeah, I totally disagree. That doesn't give anyone an excuse to use the system. I, but think, that's me. I, I, I think that you're very black and white on that. I well, I mean, I think everyone should work hard regardless of what country they're in. Even if they're getting paid peanuts or that they're getting paid a lot, you should work hard for your own self-respect. If you you're getting that's who you are. If you're getting paid a wage that's nowhere near a livable wage, you should still work hard, even though your employer is uh, profiting. much better than taking money from your neighbor to sit at home. Yeah. Money from your neighbor, what do you mean? Anyone that pays taxes. So where's that money coming from? That's coming so, from us. So that's coming from people paying taxes. So from from that logic, then uh corporations are are lazy scumbag motherfuckers because yes, they don't absolutely. pay any taxes absolutely so you're you're but you're directing your anger not at the people who are I'm directing it at all lazy motherfuckers from corporations to lazy motherfuckers that are poor every lazy person i hate them all i don't like lazy people period and black and white don't like laziness laziness slothism all that shit is for the birds if you're not being productive in your life like i don't have respect for you period all I right. don't. I have yeah. no respect for sloths. Never I, will. I think you're lacking looking. I think you're grouping a lot of people in to uh, a lot of different categories without looking at a lot of external factors. So I don't. I agree. just look at who's being productive or not. Yeah, but a lot of people have a lot of different issues that might not allow them to be productive. You're disabled. You're mentally unfit. Those mm -hmm. are very acceptable reasons. But if you're a Mentally, well, it's whatever mentally stable is anymore. I think all of us are pretty much crazy at this point in this world. Um, yeah, you can be as mentally stable as possible and sit at home and collect any type of check. I, I don't agree with that. If you're physically and mentally able 
to go stock shelves somewhere, get your ass out of the house and stock some shelves. That's what I'm saying. If you can't find work anywhere else, you can't do anything else with your life, work at a fucking gas station. I don't care. Like, why do you need to have some fucking dignified job to make a check? Make some money. Like, that's all. Just go make something of yourself. Do something with your life. Like, don't just sit at home. You got to get up, get out, and do something. Don't let the days of your life pass by. Come on. <laughs> disagree. Disagree. I disagree. <laughs> you, you, you agree with slothism? I don't agree with slothism, but I don't believe that you should just accept whatever shit job you need. And... Correct. But that's why after you get off your shift at the gas station... You go write your senator or representative or get involved with some local board in, in getting compensated better. You get, you know, your ass involved in, in getting pay increases for people but you as can't. well as working. But you, you don't sit at home because, and do it. Because you got to work 80 hours a week to survive. So you can't do that. Yeah, I, I can see that argument. So what are we going to do? So So everyone goes on strike and the world changes? Yeah, that's a great idea. Okay. I don't think it would work, but I mean, it wouldn't work because there's going to be people who, um, for, for lack of a better word, who aren't going to want to risk their stability to go on strike. Yeah, it's scary losing your house and living in a car. I mean, lots of people are losing their houses right now anyway for no, for no reason. So it'd be it'd be great if everyone could band together and and stop fighting one another and actually, you know. You know, if you shut down yeah, most of the country, they're they're gonna listen to you and give you what you want. I or like they're gonna they're gonna beat the shit out of you and send you back to work, in which case, well, then you have a violent revolution on your hand, which I'm also for. I'm good with either or. Yeah, it sounds like change is only gonna come after a lot of blood is spilled. That's usually how the world changes for the better. Yeah. Yeah. For a little while at least, until things we're go shitty. Till, till things go shitty again. So Johnson and Johnson vaccine, it got FDA approved. Yeah, it did. Unlike the recommendations for Pfizer and Moderna booster doses, the FDA vaccine advisory committee supported offering the shot to all adult J and J recipients. And the J and J, that's the one that is a single shot, right? Yeah. Not two. They, well, they said it was like 60, 66 efficacy or something. 66% or something. Yeah. So vaccine mandates. Yeah, let's already, get on it. I already did a whole episode on that one, but yeah, we, you and me, can can argue about this now because we both very much disagree. I don't like I don't like mandates. I don't think you I should don't be like vaccinated. Yeah, I, I watched your episode. I agree with a lot of what you said. I don't agree with anyone telling anyone what to do with their bodies. Period. Mm -hmm. Um. But yeah, I think if it's a safe vaccine. Uh, unfortunately, I do think they're doing it for profit. I think that, they... that's my biggest issue in 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 recent weeks with it is it's become blatantly obvious that the entire motive behind forcing people to get the vaccine or or encouraging people to get the vaccine is the profit motive behind the but behind the pharmaceutical companies. Because before this, we were actually having a lot of discussions about how the pharmaceutical industry is really predatory and and bad, and now suddenly COVID happens and we have, you know, pharmaceutical companies are great because they came up with these vaccines. Um, and a lot of it's being pushed, I think, for, for, for financial 
gain for these companies. I mean, they're up billions of dollars in their profit margins since COVID has happened. And um, I, people who have concerns about the vaccine, I, I don't necessarily think that they're con- all the concerns about the vaccines are a hundred percent valid, but I also don't hear, I also hear some arguments that are, that are valid criticisms of not wanting to get vaccinated. And there are things like if you get COVID, you have more immunity than if you get the vaccine. Um, That's not a discussion that we're willing to even have at all. Um, You ask people like Dr. Fauci, like uh, Sanjay Gupta asked him, like, you know, for people who got COVID and then they got over it, you know, because COVID is only really deadly if you're really old or you have underlying medical issues, right? Like if I got COVID, which I think I did at the very beginning of the pandemic, I was very sick for a little bit and then I haven't gotten it since. And I've been around people that have actually been confirmed to have had COVID and gave me a bit of a scare. Um, So I think that my immunity to it is probably good if I did get it. And do you need a vaccine if you've gotten uh, COVID and you already have the antibodies built up for it? I don't necessarily think you have to. Um, And when Sanjay Gupta asked uh, Dr. Fauci that, he's like, yeah, I haven't considered that at all. And I think that's ridiculous. Well, it's we don't know how long you are. You have immunity after you have it. Right. And we also 90 days. Some say and we're getting FDA approval for vaccines that we don't know the long term effects of either. So in theory, we think they're safe. But who knows what happens 10 years from now? Um, there have been some concerns about fertility or infertility in women after taking certain vaccines and stuff like that. I think those are, are valid concerns. And I think that when it comes to the way that we're talking about it, we're, we're not letting my fundamental issues. We're not letting doctors practice medicine. People like Joe Rogan, he gets, uh, he gets COVID and he starts taking ivermectin and a bunch of other medicines. And then CNN comes out and says he's taking horse dewormer when ivermectin is a medicine that's not only FDA approved, but it's used all over the world to treat different ailments. Over 4 billion people have taken ivermectin. You can get it prescribed by a doctor. Ivermectin, if you're taking it in a horse dose is, is a horse dewormer. Yes. But like, the narrative around it and the defense of the pharmaceutical industry and needing these to take these vaccines instead of exploring other medicines or other ways to treat it. We're not, we're not looking at ways to treat COVID. We're pretty much like you get COVID, you die. Um, We're not looking into to cures for COVID at all. We're not allowing doctors to practice medicine. It's all right. If somebody gets COVID, you put them on a ventilator if they get bad enough. And that's what we're doing. We're not we're not looking for other avenues of trying to make this disease that we're unfortunately going to have to live with the rest of our lives. That it's going to be around forever. I mean, I'm sure infection rates at some point will go down because everyone at some point will have gotten it. But it's going to be like the flu. So we need to start. We need to stop having a, a fight over these people who are being vaccinated or unvaccinated. And we need to start looking into different ways of potentially treating the disease and, and dealing with it in a more ethical way um, and, and mandating that people should have to either get a vaccine or take a COVID test every day to go to work, I think is pretty ridiculous. Yeah. But on the, on the flip side of that argument is a lot of people that 
aren't vaccinated, a lot of people, period. I mean, U.S. citizens, we eat tons of gross foods. We smoke cigarettes. We put all sorts of chemicals on our body and our body wash and our soaps and our toothpaste, our deodorant. Um, I just I have a hard time believing people are that scared of a new chemical or chemicals being entered into their body when everything they come in contact with is pretty much chemicals. They don't even know what is doing to them. Mm -hmm. I I don't know if they're actually even scared some people or if they're just like, you can't do this to me. You're, you're a liberal. Well, I I think, I think a lot of people are like, no, I don't want it because the fucking liberals telling me to get it. Yes. I mean, you definitely have conservatives who are doing that. But like, if you look at like a recent like article that I was reading, 83% of New York's black population have not been vaccinated. 83? 83%. Jeez. Wow. And I, you can't necessarily blame them either because there are lots of things that, uh, yeah, the government tested on black people. Yes. So like, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> are you, are, but we, we're out here, we have this narrative of like, oh, the unvaccinated are the reason that things aren't back to normal. That's not the case. And we're, we, we, we're, we're, again, we're approaching an issue and making it black and white when there's a lot of gray area to it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. You like to point out the nuance of situations. Yes, I know. That's because I'm an INTP and you're an INTJ and you're like, just give me. Give me what my biases want. And I'm like, no, you're being biased. No, I just want an answer. I want fucking solutions. (laughs) And what I hear in nuanced bullshit. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Wow. There's never a solution. It's just like, oh, well, this is happening because of this. This is happening because of that. Maybe if we do this, we could do that. You know, and it's like, uh, can't we just fix the suit? Can no. we ever fix it? Can we no. ever just fix something? No, because it's you. You can't just you can't just fix yeah. civilization. You need to have nuanced discussion about or dictatorship. Words. Just full yeah. out. Don't allow anyone autonomy. Don't allow anyone opinions, and just force everything on everyone. No, and then you get answers. Putin no. knows. No, no, fellow INTJ. <laughs> you, you know what? He probably is. No, he probably is. is. He is. Um. <laughs> But yeah, I think vaccine mandates are ridiculous. I think what they're doing in Australia is especially egregious. Yeah, yeah I, they're hurting people. I don't think that uh, that would work well here because we yeah. have so many guns. Yeah. Um. So I don't think like when it comes to this narrative of like, oh, we're going to be like Australia and the government's going to like, well, one, they're already saying making exceptions for cops not having to take vaccines and, and cops are kind of, although they do protect the dictators at the end of the day, um, I think a lot of them are good old freedom loving boys who would probably stand beside a lot beside a lot of Trumpers and stuff like that. If they were trying to funnel people in yeah. to uh, get vaccinated. So I don't think Australia is going to happen here. Our populace is way too big to, to try and do something like that. But the, the fears that people have are legitimate. Um, and I, I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with everybody who has something against uh the way that the vaccines were rolled out, or if you just plain don't want to get vaccinated. I mean, I think that you should still be respectful and wear a mask for all the Karens who don't want to do that. Like that's the least you can do. If you don't want to get vaccinated, wear a mask until, you know, infection rates are down and they decide that it's okay to go maskless again. Yep. 
if there's one thing that I have enjoyed about the pandemic, it's actually the I, idea of of wearing masks when you're sick. Like I think like they they already did that in a lot of Asian countries. Like if you're sick and you go to work, you wear a mask. And I, I think like you know you have the common cold or something like that. It's a basic courtesy because usually what will happen at a place like where I work at, one of the managers gets sick, then a bunch of other people, you know, they they get sick. So. When it comes to stuff like that, like I think that's something that we should just be adopting in our our regular. Once again, America's yeah. behind on our our policies. Yeah, when it comes and I to just that don't like stuff. to see people's faces, so I think it's great. <laughs> no <I'm> kidding. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we should we should probably wrap this up just because I'm a suburb dad and I got yard work to do, and we got to go to a Spirit Halloween store. Oh and, yeah, uh, I don't know what they're gonna do there, but well, I hope you guys were entertained. We actually argued for once. Man, yeah, I was trying. I was trying. I was trying to get an episode about like to get to get us to argue, and this is the one. I'm like, yo, you want to talk about white people appropriating black culture? And you're like, I'm fine. I'm like, well, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about white rappers? Eminem's cool, yo. All right, <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, like I said, I was raised mostly with white friends. I didn't, I, I didn't grow up in a black neighborhood. I went to a white church. True that. I uh, pretty much only had, I think, two to three serious black friends. I'm pretty much like what the black people called me—the white boy in a black coat. Nice. If nice. they want to get mean. Nice. Um, but that was what I was raised with. I was raised with my mom. My dad wasn't really around. Um, she's as white as you can get. And I uh, was introduced to mainly white things, which my dad actually agreed with because he thought it would make me a more productive member of a white society. Oh, he said, boy. I'm glad my, my son sounds like them, acts like them and can wiggle his way into white society so that he can be, you know, successful. How do you feel about Dave Chappelle being canceled as a white person? Well, I'm not a white person, but <laughs> a person with many white perspectives. I don't really care about Dave Chappelle's race. Um, I think the reason he's being canceled is kind of stupid. And uh, I mean, I love uh, trans people just like I love anyone else. I think they're people deserving of love and everyone deserves love. Uh, but I think a lot of the discussion around it has been really toxic. up. Toxic. toxic yeah i mean like there's a transgender student that raped a girl in the girl's bathroom twice i guess and the the dad that showed up for a school board meeting got all angry and got physically taken out of the meeting i don't know like, what story you're talking like, about it's just like certain things like that there's always going to be bad apples right yeah so i don't i don't agree like when my girl grows up my daughter grows up um if there was a transgender female in i don't know any type of contact sport with her i wouldn't want that i think that you are born with uh different strengths physical strengths when you're you know born a man you have more upper body strength on average you have a higher center of gravity like a, a lot of things are different so yeah. even if you do change change your gender or believe you're a different gender want to be identified at that or identify yourself as that i totally respect that but when right. we get into like sports or bathrooms and you know, different things like that. Um, I don't know. I have a hard time with some of them. And I think there is a nuanced conversation. It's more nuanced than, you know, black and white with that right. one. So, I but I mean, specifically I, the stuff that they're trying to cancel him for. Do you think it's canceled? That is what they're or? trying to cancel him for. Is saying that everyone was born out of a vagina. Everyone yeah. was born out of a woman. 
Yeah, like that's is that not? Well, I mean, some women of... identify as men. Well, yeah, There's some some people. But I mean, is that's just objectively true? There's objective truth, right? Like, you right. can't, and that's what I don't like when we right. get away from empirical truths, right? You know. So, you like could... my old Republican neighbor said yesterday to me, he's like. <laughs> You just pull down the pants, you find out what you are. Did he actually say that? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Try explaining nuance to that guy. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think that's a good place to end it right there. Yep. Old Republican man. Yep. Pull down Sorry, their- talk about gender. Have a good day. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well i hope you guys like this one on the next one we're going to talk about somebody who uh i don't really care for or like very much um but we're going to learn about him winston churchill uh from what i know i thought his story was pretty cool i think he's kind of a racist uh imperialist asshole and i just well that's pretty much any white person in power isn't it i just don't yeah i just don't like white people in power pretty much Um, (laughs) yeah but this is history so uh so for our next one we'll be doing winston churchill and then we got uh from there on we're gonna we're gonna do some more interesting uh interesting talks on the origins of certain holidays and hold up hp lovecraft was a racist you don't mind him yeah but he didn't really have any power he died poor and destitute you make a valid point yeah yeah so you've witnessed how hard we can argue. We're very angry and brutal individuals towards one another. Yeah, but we didn't curse at each other this time. That's good. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> and, fuck, and fuck all of you. Have a wonderful day. Like, share, and subscribe.